I remember actually I was managing a sales force in Canada in 2002. And the reason why I tell you this is not because I'm old or whatever. It's because that's when SARS hit in Toronto, which is our biggest city. So I was managing the sales organization. It was February of 2001 and marketing was calling down the sales number. And Rosen said, no. I said, no, I'm not calling down the sales number. I'm going to pull all the levers I could. And guess what? As a sales executive or VP of sales, you don't have too many levers to pull to drive sales. You really don't. Your sales reps have a lot more levers than you. So I said, here's what we're going to do. I'm not saying this is right or wrong, but we actually made the numbers that year. But SARS had an impact. And we canceled all training of our sales reps. We sent our trainers into the field to support and coach the reps as well as the managers. And we created a program to reward people who were creative at finding ways to access physicians because we sold to hospitals that were closed down like they are now. It was hard to get in. But the bottom line is we made the numbers. Hey friends, welcome to the Sales Enablement Podcast. I'm your host, Andy Paul. That was Stephen Rosen. Stephen's a well-known sales leadership coach and author of the book, The Sales Manager's Success Guide, 52 Sales Management Tips. And in this episode, we're talking about one of my favorite topics, sales coaching. I know it's a topic I talk a lot about on the show, but we do it for good reason because research says that sales coaching is the number one sales management activity that drives actual improvement in sales performance. Now, there's a bunch of problems with that, though, because one is, as Steve and I are going to get into in today's show, there's not a uniform definition for what sales coaching is. And that's a big problem right there. Is it about personal development, mentoring, skills development, deal coaching? Well, we're going to get into that. And we're also going to talk about why sales coaching has the potential to drive such performance improvement. And then look at why companies aren't investing more in training sales managers how to do it. So we're going to dig into that whole issue about the lack of training for sales leaders in coaching and in management and in everything, basically. And we'll have a good discussion about what needs to be done to fix it, what companies can do to fix it. And solution is really pretty simple, but we just need to find companies with the will to make it happen. All right, so stick around for that. Before we get to Stephen Rosen, though, I want to remind you to subscribe to this podcast, wherever you listen to it. And if you subscribe, we'd certainly appreciate it if you could also give us your feedback about how we're doing in the form of a review. So thanks. All right, let's jump into it. Stephen, welcome back to the show. Andy, I'm so glad to be back here with you and uh, look forward to talking and sharing some great ideas. Yeah, likewise. So, um it's that time we're in the midst of the shutdown where where are you sheltering uh, i'm north of toronto uh in my home uh i've been here now it's not it's not just eight months uh, sorry not just two months i've been here for 17 years so <laughs> life has not changed a great deal except for a few things as a result oh. of the lockdown but uh here in canada eh, we're, hey. uh, we're 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 kind of harboring down and uh dealing with the same issues um uh, of lockdown and uh, uh, trying to cope. I mean, the nice thing is, uh, you know, the world has now gone virtual and I've been virtual for a little while. Yeah. Well, try Please assure the people that you've not been inside for the whole 17 years. <laughs> no, actually, I'm a very social guy and I do okay. love getting out and meeting customers, okay. and flying to different places. But right. uh, people, I, I guess, uh, but although the last eight, sorry, I don't know why I keep the eight weeks, uh, my biggest uh, excursion 
was getting my snow tires changed. Uh, other than that, I've actually really hunkered down. I mean, I go for walks with the dog every day, maybe more than once a day. But uh, my wife does the shopping, and uh, uh, you know, we've been uh, we've been stir crazy. But um, you know, so it's it's May in Canada. Are you putting the snow tires on or taking them off? Uh, well, you know, that's a great question. We got snow. <laughs> I can send you pictures. There was two days last week. One was actually this week, Saturday and Monday. There was a dusting of snow on the ground that never happens in May. And I said it was probably because I removed my snow tires the week before. Uh, but it is insane. And, and maybe that's a message from the gods. I don't know. But, uh, uh, yeah. So, usually around May, like May 2, this weekend coming up is Victoria Day weekend, the Queen's birthday. And usually it's our weekend for planting stuff. Uh, so, I don't know. It, it's supposed to get warm like Monday, but uh, it, it's been horrible. So Yeah, we had a dusting of snow a weekend ago, about a week, 10 days ago in, yeah. in New York. Yeah. No, it wasn't this past weekend. I can't remember. I think it's actually this well, way. Like con- I've, I've, I've lost all concept of time. We're living the so, same, day, same day every day. Yeah, I barely know what day of the week it is. So, um, well, good. So, welcome back. And we're going to talk about sales management. We're going to talk about coaching. And, I mean, you you know that, that and you've written about is, you know, quality of sales managers, number one performance factor for your sales reps, or that coaching boost performance by what 19 percent or something yeah, great sales good. coaches all of that yes sir okay so so but so yes <laughs> we got this we have this issue is that we don't invest in training managers how to be good coaches now that is very true now, you know, I think there's some major problems. It's not just like training sales reps. When you're training leaders, you need to take a very different approach. So I think what's happened is, uh, and I've done uh, probably about four or five years ago, we, we did a, a survey study uh, that looked at what percentage of companies were investing in ongoing development for managers. And it was about 50-50. Wait, investing, investing at all, you mean? Investing in sales management development. We, we have, we have a, a study out that uh, says it was about 50-50. We looked at different skills, but it was kind of a split. The problem is if you don't do it well, you're probably frustrated as a sales executive that you're not getting any ROI. And the whole thing of, of you know, most managers are poor coaches. Uh, and I don't, I don't, you know, that's reality. Every study, CSO, CEB, uh, SRA, Stephen Rosen Associates, but uh, we're starting with Dolphin Associates. <laughs> right, so just, right, there with the, right there with the Giants, yes. Yeah, the Giants, you know, we all, but the, the bottom line is everything I read, we all know, and I've worked with sales managers for the last, I won't say it, but at least 10 years, closer to 20. Um, they're, they're poor coaches. Coaching is a hard skill. So, so the ones that have invested have not got an ROI. So what's the likelihood of continuing to invest? I mean, I, I work with a large... Uh, Fortune 500 pharmaceutical company that's invested in coaching around the world. And they didn't want any outside consultants. They wanted to do it themselves. And they rolled it out and they provided their sales managers with training, which was pretty good. I went through their training stuff. It was good. It was a good coaching model. They provided them with tons of tools, no shortage of tools. And then they said three years later, why are we not getting any traction on this? We don't understand. And two years ago, prior to that, I told them, you're missing several components that are critical when you're training sales leaders. Wow. And, and I'm not going to yeah. tell you what those are. Yes, I will. 
but but you know one of those is and and sir speaks to a bigger issue is no one's coaching the so the sales managers right so we roll out training for sales reps and even though our managers are can I use the word shitty uh, poor coaches mm-hmm. uh, I didn't use the word shitty our poor coaches it's a tough skill and, and they haven't been trained or coached on it so but at least we have someone reinforcing sales training or what, whatever skills we're doing or whatever we're doing, who does it for the managers? And, uh, you know, there's, there's a wholesale group that says nobody. And that's the problem. That's one of the problems. There's, there's two essential things that are missing in the mix. And one is the number one, you know, the number one uh, way to really amplify any training you do is following up with coaching. You know, there's a study that shows that uh, training combined with coaching has four times the impactfulness. So if you train, but don't coach, well, you're putting money down the toilet from a, from an investment in an ROI perspective, which I was a VP of sales. And trust me, every dollar I spent, I wanted to get a return on it. Otherwise I could just hire more sales reps. So if you just do training and you just provide tools, uh, you're 30% of the way there in terms of, you know, the goal of training in my mind is creating a mastery of a skill, skill mastery, or master sales coaches. If you really want to you know, get that 19, 20% that, it, that, that are promised in studies, well, you need to have master coaches, highly effective, following a, um, a methodology, and actually spending more time uh, not doing administration, but coaching their sales reps to get better. Right. So do, but do sales reps... SDRs, BDRs, AEs, doesn't matter. Account managers, do they learn? How do they learn how to sell? Do they learn from primarily from their managers? Do they learn from their watching their peers? Do they learn from their customers? Or do they learn from training? Mm. Now, I'd argue that I'd argue that training is fourth on that list. <laughs> you know what? I mean, it, it's interesting because let, let's say you, you you invest a lot of money on a training solution. And you have a train a selling methodology. Well, one, if it's not followed up and you're not asked to do it, it dies. So then you sell as you see fit. Um, from a and I'm not a process guy. I'm, I, I believe I'm a people guy. I coach people. So without a, anything you do with a process, you get better outcomes. So I always say, what's the best selling model? It's the one that people follow. Because if you follow a model or a process, you get better results. So, so that's one of the problems from, uh, from an ROI perspective. Um, so where does it, you know, sales reps, some of them are just good sales reps. They read books. They're constantly, you know, self-analyzing or self-managing, uh, and they coach themselves to be better, but that's not a vast majority of your salespeople. Those are your top salespeople. We're always trying to get better, but you know, the opportunity is if you, you know, you have a manager, well, the manager's job should not be administration. Or, or, you know, or, or being in constant meetings or answering emails, they should be there helping you get better. Well, you'd think, right? But I think part of the, the real issue is, is, and you've touched on it, is that they don't know how to make people better. That, I mean, I, 100%. Yeah, I'm with you. So here's, here's my, my big thought for you. I okay. may have another one later, but I'll give you this no, big thought. No, I'm, I'm, I'm waiting with anticipation for this one. Okay, well, don't get too carried away. But... but <laughs> But I'm sure you're familiar with the numbers. We spend 
you know, $20 billion a year in the U.S. on sales training, of which maybe, maybe a maximum 5% of that amount is spent on training sales managers. So maybe $5 billion or $10 billion, to, no, maybe a billion, excuse me, is spent on, on sales managers. What if we flip that on its head? What do you think the outcome would be in terms of performance, sales rep performance, if of that $20 billion, so we spent $19 billion training sales managers with all that entails, because yeah, you know, we could afford a lot for nineteen billion. We do a lot of reinforcement training and coaches and so on. What would happen if we just flipped that on its head? And we spent nineteen billion on sales managers and a billion only training sales reps how to sell. Uh, I love the question, and I'm going to answer it. I'm going to make it difficult, but uh, here's the thing: managers, any investment, if you, first of all, you have to do it right. Okay, so yes, it takes money to do it right. So conceivably, if you flip that and did it right, you're going to get great outcomes. Well, $19 billion to spend on, you know, arguably one-tenth the number of people, if not more, if not less, excuse me, than you are spending $19 billion to train now. But but again, if you just do it as training and you don't reinforce it. Oh, I'm saying you do it right. $19 billion. You should be able to afford to do it right. Well, you know, here's here's how I was trained from a business perspective. Always the question is, where do you spend your first dollar? And to me, I spend my first dollar on building sales leadership effectiveness. That is my best dollar I spend. And you said it, but I, I flip it the other way. Your managers are the X factor. And they're actually the 10X factor because they have 10 sales reps reporting to them. So mm-hmm. if you have a great manager... All your investment is—it's a multiplier. Right. So you don't have to spend nineteen million, but that's where the—that's where the opportunity lies. And most sales organizations are missing that opportunity, and it drives me nuts. And they'll tell me, Stephen, our our managers are great coaches, and I'm thinking, what are you talking about? And then I ask them, well, what do you guys coach? Well, wow. <laughs> and we we coach the deals, we coach strategically. How about skills? Right. Well, let me just, I want to get into that, but let me just get an answer to the question, though, is what do you think would happen to sales? Would sales go up or sales go down? 100%. I mean, if we flipped the investment on its head. Well, you know, your best investment is in your sales manager. So, oh, so if, sales you can, would go up. if you can create, you know, great sales managers or master sales coaches, uh, you're going to win. You're, you're going to crush your sales numbers. Okay. So, all right, just I'm taking an informal poll. So far, everybody agrees that if you flip that investment on its head, we'd sell more than we are now. Okay. So, let's let's continue. I'm sorry. I just wanted to <laughs> I wanted to get to that point. So, but to point. a point, but to a point you're making is is yeah, what are a manager's sort of basic responsibilities? And this sort of gets to the heart of of a lot of what the discussion around coaching is. Yeah, they're distracted by reporting. They're distracted by this and by that. And as a result, they don't do the coaching. But then also the second order issue is really what are they meant to be coaching? And these days, it seems like when you talk about coaching, it's deal coaching. It's opportunity coaching. Yes. Yep. uh, In in most organizations, um, you, you know, that have long selling processes, they coach the deal. Skills aren't even, uh, uh, you know, and I think there's a miss there um, because oh, all you're, you're coaching to, to to the forecast. You're trying to understand the forecast as opposed to make your sales rep better, 
right? Because yeah. poaching well, a deer. Well, I think there's two dimensions of that, or three dimensions of the the better. One is, yeah, the the deal coaching, the opportunity coaching. The one is skills you talked about. The other is is the person themselves, right? That's the, separate from the skills. It's, yeah, it's behaviors, aptitude, acumen, uh, adaptability, resilience, mindset, all those things. Yeah. It, they're part of developing the person. I'm with you. I'm with you. I, I, I take a, a, a very, cons- whatever, not conservative, but I take a very focused approach to coaching where you can't coach too many things. Can't ask a person to to grow or to improve in too many areas. So it's got to be really focused in, hyper-focused on one, maybe one skill and maybe one behavior until you get mastery. Because, you know, to, to me, anything you do, if you're doing it and you're not moving the needle, whether it be coaching, whether it be selling, it's all about moving the needle and having impact. And the belief is if you improve one skill, you're going to get get, get a, a positive change in the sales reps selling skills, and then a second one, and of course it's an ongoing process. Yeah, if if it's reinforced and and they experience success with it, and they say, okay, well then I'll I'll keep I'll keep doing this. Yeah. So, but it really speaks to an issue about how managers should allocate their time, right? So if oftentimes managers say, I just don't have time to coach, and you see this all the time because I hear it all the time. Right. So how should they divide their time? If you had 100%, how would you divide that 100% among, I've got my opinion I'll give after you yeah. have yours. Yeah. Uh, how should they divide their time? Uh, you know, it's, it's over 50% of their time should be spent coaching. Okay. I would say 60, uh, but the majority of their time should be spent coaching. And I, I take a very simple approach. In fact, uh, I'll give my, Mike Weinberg some credit on this, but uh, you know he speaks about focusing on high impact activities. I think that's his term. Uh, and if I look at you know what are the highest impact activities a manager does, number one is coaching. So you know when you allocate your first, I talk about allocating my first dollar in training. Where do I allocate my first hour? Well, it should be coaching. Second is you know having some level of cadence meaning regular meetings to keep people accountable. You can actually consider that part of coaching, but I actually look at that as performance management. So mm-hmm. one, coaching and leadership. Two, cadence and accountability. Um, and three is is really about where you focus your time, which is those two areas. Those are the two key drivers of, uh, of performance. Yeah, yeah. So in very simple terms, coach your people, hold them accountable to do what they say they're going to do. I mean, which I agree with. I mean, I, I so I have a, a little formula that, that I provide to managers that I, I think they should follow in terms of how they allocate their time during the day. And there's a little acronym that goes with it. Um, okay. And so the acronym is COPE, C-O-P-E. Okay. So the first, the first task is building capacity within your organization, which to me is basic management tasks, right? I'm going to be hiring people. I'm going to be managing you know, on a personnel level. I'm going to be, uh, you know, setting the process up. You know, looking at our reports in terms of you know sales efficiency, sales effectiveness, our KPIs, all that. So I think managers spend no more than forty percent of their time doing that. The O is for opportunity. I think they should spend roughly about thirty percent of their time coaching opportunities. But I think they should spend twenty percent of their time. We call it coaching for performance and development, but I'm, I call it, I call it mentoring. Really, I, just to distinguish it, but mm-hmm. it's that personal development coaching 
very similar to, you know, if anybody who listens to the show at all knows that I'm a huge fan of the book The Coaching Habit by your fellow Canadian, uh, Michael Bungay-Stanier. Oh, uh, yes. Torontonian, I believe. Follow that for your performance coaching and personal development. You can't beat that methodology for doing it. And then the remaining 10% is should be devoted to um, your own education, your own development. Right. So, yeah, 40% on building capacity of the organization, management, hiring, training, basic training, so on and so forth. 30% opportunity coaching, hitting your numbers, 20% of your time spent developing people, and 10% spent educating yourself. Developing yourself, that's 100%. And I just think that's that's a, a framework that people should be looking at as sales managers. Say, well, yeah, how do I allocate my time to ensure that – and that – to your point, totals up to your 50% being spent on coaching the individuals on your team. Well, there you go. That, that you know, developing your people and, uh, uh, you know, developing your pipeline are, are critical. Yeah, but it's, you know, <laughs> but all the focus is on developing the pipeline, not developing the people. And this is why people, this is why people leave. This is why people are dissatisfied with their managers. Salespeople get fed up, you know, they don't perceive there's opportunities for growth. Well, sure, if no one's take, paying attention to them. And giving yeah. them a pathway for growth and saying, hey, let's lay out your development plan for this year. Um, yeah, people are going to say that I've got no future. And that's where the engagement component uh, comes in. If you're, if you're very effective at coaching and, you know, you know, there's two components to that. One is coaching to your, to your present job and improving your skills. And two is preparing you for, you know, whatever that next level may be. If that's something that uh, the in- individual um you know, strives to do. Yeah. And, and so we talk about this is, but this is, this is nothing, excuse me. It's like Howard time speaking on that. This is nothing that, that sales managers could take on themselves. This gets back to what we talked about before, which this has to start the C level. This has to start at, you know, senior sales leadership at the C level, CRO, CSO saying, we have to make this investment. We have to set the standard for what we expect in terms of how people allocate their time. And, and Weinberg wrote about this, obviously, in his second book about sales management, is sales managers being overwhelmed with requests for data and reports and so on, so much of which could be automated anyway these days, is they're not spending the time doing what they need to do, but they feel the pressure, not just to hit the number, but also to comply in the bureaucratic sense yeah. with these yeah. demands on their time, that coaching just falls by the wayside. And, and you know, I've had experience sitting in conferences i've talked about this before where panelists of you know cro's are saying well yeah, we don't do one-on-ones anymore we found they weren't very effective right <laughs> well of course they weren't very effective because you suck at it well well and that's what happened you're right i it, it does that you know they say if the head of the fish thinks so does the rest of the fish and i'm not saying that uh anybody yeah. thinks but but the bottom line is if you want to build the right culture uh, of accountability uh, and, and and people development. Uh, if you constantly focus on on sales, which sometimes you know companies are quarter to quarter, and uh, and they're never really getting ahead because they're they're just focused on on meeting today's objective as opposed to any long term. Because coaching takes some time, right? And, and well, to more, see the results again, yeah, yeah. And so most organizations. Uh, you know, some organizations will start a coaching initiative, and then all of a sudden, what happens when sales 
uh, t- may tail off for whatever reason, all of a sudden the coaching goes out the window, right? It's okay. Yeah. How do we, how are we going to make this happen? And then they're in reactive mode. So if you want to build the right culture, you know, the, you do need leadership to really take, you know, take the, uh, the ball and run with it and say, Hey, this is what the drivers of performance are. And, uh, you know, I was a VP of sales and, uh, um, actually a pretty good one because my last th- three years we tripled sales with no, with no, um, uh, you know, all organic, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I mean, 17 years ago, it doesn't really matter, but the point being it can be done. Uh, but, but you, you've got to build that momentum and then allows you to make those decisions about the right, doing the right things as opposed to doing what, what's going to solve the quarterly issue. And if you manage quarter to quarter, your people die quarter to quarter as well. So, and so well, raise raises a question. That's, you know, maybe one of the last things we can get into today is, is do we just fundamentally have sort of the wrong system? And, and, you know, we're trying to fix things that in a way that at most will just provide sort of incremental, you know, marginal incremental improvement. Um, you know, I'm reading this, this book and just sort of this quote from Edwards Deming sort of sticks in my mind about, um, Every system is perfectly designed to get the results it gets. <laughs> yes, and isn't that the case? Is we're we're not really fundamentally changing anything, and that's why I brought up the the big the big idea about you know turning training on its head and the way we allocate training dollars is just one step in that direction. Is hey, we're just we're just sort of nibbling around the edges. It seems like and and continually sort of stuck. I mean, you know, there's some theory that says if you make incremental improvements everywhere. You, you know, you're, you're going to win. Um, sure. right. But, uh, you know, yeah. if, if I look at the situation today, okay, we've had eight, uh, I guess eight weeks. It feels like eight weeks. That is eight weeks. You sure it's not eight years. Yeah. <laughs> it feels like a long time, but uh, anyways, uh, you know, we, we've all been locked up or locked down, whatever word we want to use. Uh, I, I'm sure 90% of companies, their sales have suffered. So at some point we're going to start to open up, and and maybe you know uh, objectives will change. Maybe they won't. And I look and I say, okay, now's the time if you really need to to leverage something. What can you leverage? You, you know, I remember actually I was managing a sales force in Canada in two thousand and two. And the reason why I tell you this is not, not because I'm old or whatever. It's because that's when SARS hit in Toronto, which is our biggest mm, city. Mm-hmm. All right. okay. So I was managing the sales organization. It was February of 2001, and marketing was calling down the sales number. They were ready to call on the sales number. And Rosen said, no. I said, no, I'm not calling down the sales number. I'm going to pull all the levers I could. And guess what? As a sales executive or VP of sales, you don't have too many levers to pull to drive sales. Mm. you really tell your sales reps have a lot more levers than you. So I said, here's what we're going to do. I'm not saying this is right or wrong, but we actually made the numbers that year. Uh, But but SARS SARS had an impact and uh, we canceled all training of our sales reps. Mm -hmm. We sent our trainers into the field to support and coach the reps as well as the managers. And we provided a, we created a program to reward 
people who were creative at finding ways to access physicians because we sold to hospitals. We were in the pharmaceutical industry and it was right. hard to, uh, you know, hospitals that were closed down like they are now, it was hard to get in. But the bottom line is we made the numbers and it was having more people out coaching and supporting the sales reps, people doing their basic job. I mean, if sales reps are not selling, what are they doing? If sales managers are not coaching, what are they doing? Uh, so if you're not doing your most basic task really well, then you're not going to be as successful as you can be. Mm-hmm. And uh, maybe I'm repeating myself, but uh, I, I, I went through that exact same experience. And SARS was not a global pandemic. It, it was isolated. But uh, every day uh, we were looking at what we need to do. And it came down to there's only so many levers you can pull, right? If you look at COVID, you know, what are, what are the levers you can pull to, to deliver sales results this year? Well, things open up. You can add more sales reps. You can add some great technology on. You can do more sales training, which we said is not the best idea. You can improve bonus plans and give out more money. Or you can, you can leverage uh, your sales leaders' effectiveness by inv- investing in their improvement or helping them get better. Uh, as a result, helping your reps upgrade their skills and improving engagement. So I, I'm not sure if adding more sales reps um, supports it. There may be some gains with technology, uh, training. I don't know. I think companies who have done tra- training, they've used the last two months to do that. So to me, the biggest leverage point you can have as a sales leader, and I call it the 10X factor, whatever you want to call it, is getting your sales managers to do what drives performance. Coach, teach them how, mentor them, coach them, but hold them accountable to doing that. Hold the, the managers accountable. Yes. We measure everything. You know, do companies measure days coaching, number of coaching reports, sales rep improvement in skills that they're focusing on? Uh, no, no, no one's held accountable. No senior executive reads a field visit report or development plan unless there's a problem with the rep. So, if, you know, if you don't inspect it, um, it doesn't happen. So, so there's some very simple things that can be done, you know, if you're looking at, at least from my perspective and, and, you know, I focus in on sales leadership because that's the area I love. I I love sales leaders. And I think if anything, they are the biggest leverage you can get in terms of investment. Yeah. Well, that's the point we talked about earlier is just, yeah. How do we, how do we make the right investment in that? And, and I think, yeah, just sort of wrap things up. I just feel like people who are responsible for this. You know, if you're at a company and you're running, you're CEO and you're running a large organization, you got a lot of sales organizations. You just have to look at look at your numbers. I mean, things things aren't improving fundamentally the way that you think they are. Um, or if you're a sales leader, is you know, you may feel frustrated because it's like, yeah, we're just eking out uh, growth, but it's it's so painful, and it's we have. To, I think we have to much as we've done on the sales side. Because we really have to relook, I think, pretty fundamentally at how we structure management, how we structure how we coach, and how we invest in it. And yeah. and it may be, and it's not, I'm not talking about incremental investment. Is I would shift as I've, <laughs> I've talked about earlier. I would advocate shifting dollars from training reps to training managers, not add more. I think we overtrain reps with very little return. So let's dedicate those dollars to places where. 
where I have more impact because I think fundamentally reps learn from their coaches, they learn from their peers, they learn from their customers how to sell. And so let's give those managers more tools to, to be effective. Yeah, you, you, I'm, I'm with you. I, I think uh, the biggest opportunity, if you want to come out the gates um, flying, you know, when, when things open up and you, you really need to make things happen and, you know, there's fundamental changes and we, we don't really talk about them and it's probably not the time, but even in terms of how we're going to sell, uh, given a, a post-COVID world or even a, uh, you know, through COVID, uh, there's no face to there, there's really little face to face selling going on. So even how we sell is going to change. And if you, you know, so you can train your reps on how to sell virtually, uh, you know, how to do a Zoom meeting, how to uh, read body language, how to, you know, work your computer and all that jazz. But unless the manager is getting involved in those calls and coaching them, um, which you can do on Zoom, you can do remote coaching, uh, then we're still going to fail. Right. So there's a fundamental shift going on. Leadership, anytime you make a change, and if you add a new CRM, if sales leadership is not behind it and supporting it, it gets killed that initiative. If you're if you're training your reps on how to sell differently, if your sales managers are not part of it, it doesn't happen. So we're really at a critical juncture right now where selling is going to change. I do a lot of work in the pharmaceutical industry. I know, you know, talking to uh, to very senior sales executives that they're looking at, you know, do they need their reps to be knocking on, you know, 500 doctor specialist stores or, you know, 2000 specialist stores, or can they, you know, have a great rep in a central city and, and talk to the A uh, specialists by phone or by, uh, by Zoom. So the, there's going to be some very fun, fundamental changes on the sales side. Mm-hmm. And, and really to make those happen uh, without strong leadership, th- that transformation is going to be very difficult and painful. So if any time, um, you know, and I agree with your your equation and flipping things on their head, but if there's ever a time for for strong, effective leadership and sales leadership and the front line are actually the ones who make the changes, um, you know, without those people on board and being very effective and confident companies are going to suffer and they're going to continue mm-hmm. to suffer. So yeah, no, I agree. I'm not trying to be negative, but the, the, on the flip side, there's a great opportunity there for companies who get it. Yeah. Well, no, I, I, I think me. that's absolutely right. And I think that the I'm, I'm preaching to the converted. Yeah. I mean, I think that, that what's going to happen next is unknown. We have no idea. Uh, it will be different. It's, you know, everybody's talking about the new normal. What we're doing now is not the new normal. It's just a way station to what the the next, like all the next normal will be. And yeah, I agree with you. I think that change really starts in middle management (laughs) and in many respects. And yeah, you have to have the people in place and trained and ready to do it. So, all right, well, Stephen, we've run out of time. Uh, Tell people how they can connect with you and learn more about what you're doing. Okay. Well, they can reach me three ways. My uh, email is stephen at starresults.com. Um, they're welcome to text me at uh, 647-893-8300. I've been communicating with a lot of people via text these days. Mm-hmm. And of course, uh, if they were to type in uh, www.starresults.com backwards slash chat, they can actually book a time with me through my calendar. Uh, just from a 
uh, a perspective. What I do is sales leadership development. For the last 10 years, everything I've been doing is virtual. Uh, we train virtually, but training doesn't help you get there. We coach virtually, and uh, we work with managers to to make sure they can implement anything we do. We work with a small group of, of customers, uh, but we make sure that uh, they can move the needle. You've been preparing yourself for 10 years for this moment. Uh, well, you, well <laughs> you know, it's not, not any great planning, but... Uh, uh, oh, you should have said it was. Well, <laughs> it's just the way I, you know, I, I'm not a trainer. I'm a VP of sales by, uh, or sales leader by trade. And uh, uh, I've realized that uh, that training in itself is very ineffective. So it's a small portion of what I do. Uh, but, but the real magic comes in when you, when someone has an aha moment because mm-hmm. Because they they understand now that this is the way I need to do things, or, right. or they've implemented something, and we've we've cracked their toughest nut. Sometimes I call it that. You know, if you have a sales rep who's just not there, and you find a way to to have a breakthrough with them, uh, that happens through through coaching, not through training. So, yep, I agree. All right. Well, Stephen, great to talk to you. Stay safe, and uh, we'll talk to you again before too long. Same to you and your family. And uh, I, I always love coming on. It gets me energized. So I, I have all okay. these movies. And, and, and congratulations with the, the new format. And I look well, forward you. to more great stuff from you. Thank you. Okay, friends, that's it for this episode. First of all, I want to thank you for taking the time to listen. I'm so grateful for your support of this show. And I want to thank my guest, Stephen Rosen, for sharing his insights with us today. Now, if you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe to this podcast, Sales Enablement, with Andy Paul on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. If you could also leave us a rating or review and let us know how we're doing, well, we'd certainly appreciate that. You can do all that on your phone in less than a minute as soon as this podcast is over. So thanks for your help. And thank you so much again for investing your time with us today. Until next time, I'm your host, Andy Paul. Good selling, everyone. Good selling, everyone.